Good morning, Ray. Good morning, John. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Fantastic. You know, it's Monday. It is? We had a wonderful weekend. Okay. <laughs> I'm assuming. Yes. I had a, I had a pretty good weekend. I started uh, this new journey, Ray. I'm going to start... Well, I guess we should first introduce the show. Welcome again to Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. We appreciate you listening. Uh, yeah, I started a new journey this weekend. Is uh, riding a bicycle. You know, they say you never forget. Did you forget? No. <laughs> they were right. It's true. But what they didn't tell you is it's really hard if you haven't done it in 30 years uh, and you're 60 pounds overweight and you have no cardio. Uh, that that I, part is left out of the you never forget. Man, I, can, I noticed I could go about 15, maybe 20 minutes on flat ground. And then I've got to uh, take a break. Chill out for a minute, and then I can start up again. Catch your breath. Yeah. All right. But hopefully, I mean, those times will get longer and longer and longer. Right. And, uh, yeah, I remember when I was traveling a lot, I uh, would do the hotel workout area. Right. Treadmill, bicycle, that kind of stuff. And, uh, man, it really made a difference. Like, I could tell, you know, going in one dealership, like, one, one time and going up the stairs to the office... And you wouldn't get winded? Well, I, yeah, I would be out of breath. And then I started on this workout regimen, and six months later, I'd go back to the same dealer and run up those stairs and yep. be like, hey, I can still breathe. Right. So, And it got embarrassing when you were walking with a group, and you get to the top of the stairs, and you don't want to tell them all, hey, I'll catch up with you. Having a discussion with the dealer as you're going upstairs. And, right. All right, and, hold on. Uh, and... Uh, you, know, keep, you keep talking, yeah, sir. Yeah, how do you feel about that, what I've said so far? Uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. As you're sucking in wind. All right, but uh, yeah, so we, I haven't been traveling much during COVID. What about you? No. Not too much, huh? No, a lot of emails, uh, some Zoom yeah. meetings, but yeah, not not as as frequent of in-person, Yeah, especially not uh, not traveling, but... I heard somebody who was on a plane the other day, and they said it's probably the cleanest place really? in the country right now. Well, I saw a, another uh, former coworker of ours, a performance coach, uh, that was traveling, and he, he had on his mask, and he had a selfie on Facebook or something, but he said that, I think it was Delta, and he said that he was warned if he takes his mask off anytime during the flight, he can be arrested when they land oh and, and never fly Delta again. Holy cow. Yeah. And so he said, then they gave him, like, you know, he was first class. So, you know, they normally give you treats and stuff. Right. He said they gave him a Ziploc bag with a pack of crackers and a little bottle of water. Right. And he said, how am I supposed to drink this water with my mask on? I'm going to get arrested for taking my mask off so I can drink this water. Here, we're giving you our obligatory yeah. treats for you to indulge, but... If you do it during the flight, right. you're going save, right to jail. Save this for later. Yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah. And you and I, I mean, uh, we we practice safety as much as we can, but we have not stopped getting together throughout this whole ordeal. No, we haven't. Uh, and As much as I would have liked to. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I told somebody the other day, I said, uh, I said, I think I've already had it. Said, well, as much interaction of you and I had... Uh, just because, you know, you go places and then I go places and then we meet together to do this. I had a similar conversation with somebody recently thinking, yeah, you know what? I I yeah. bet I've had it. Yeah. And maybe had a 
a couple of days for a couple days i don't know that i ever had a fever at least not one noticeable enough that i i took my temperature but uh yeah i think i've had it i'm good (laughs) antibodies we'll go with that for now yeah of course you know we're not going to be i I declare by the power of god amen (laughs) that uh we will not be one of those cases that's like well, you know, we're cool with it. We've been fine. We've already had it. And then a week later, we get sick and die. Well, uh, we have to have pretty good odds because, what, the mortality rate is 99.6, I think, nationally. Uh, is the I national, don't think that's the, the mortality rate. Or mortality. Well, yeah, well, that's the, the chances of you getting it and living oh. is over 99%. Yes. Yeah. So the mator- mortality rate is like less than 1%. Yeah, point oh. Oh, one, two, I think. Yeah. So, I don't think I, I have that kind of luck. <laughs> <laughs> we are highly favored and greatly blessed. Amen. Highly blessed and greatly favored. Whatever. whatever we ain't going to get it. Have I, yeah. Uh, All right. Well, so, here we are. We're ready to talk about, oh, you want to talk about the weather? I know that's a, you <laughs> no, know, kind of fine. a common thread in these no, overcast. It does look like a good fishing day, though. It's a little yeah. overcast. Yeah. It's a calm day. Usually, when like there are rain clouds and it's you know a little bit of rain here, a little bit of rain there, but, but mostly uh, dry. Even though it has yeah. that that cloudy. Well, what I love about this kind of weather is the wind is down. You know, when it, when the storm's coming in, you get this cold front moving in and a lot of wind. And I hate being on the water at those times, but after it gets here. Then you know a little dewy in the morning, maybe a little light sprinkle. I just feel like those fish are down there waiting for the bugs to get knocked off a tree by a raindrop. There you go. <laughs> All right. Here's a picture on my laptop. I see it. It's beautiful. A marina. Yeah, marina with a my little crankbait there with a rattle trap attached to it, and man, it is just calm with the. I mean, you can't tell the difference in the lake and the sky. It's so perfect. There you go. Is that good enough? Yeah. Does that no, satisfy? I, I like it. I like it. I feel okay. like we we can check that off the list. Yeah. So here we are on another episode of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting, right. and we are going to talk today about, you ready? I'm ready. Uh, controlling <laughs> the conversation. Okay. How would we do that? Uh, I don't know. How do you think we should do that, John? I mean, it's your topic. You want to share your thoughts on it? Uh, well, I think the, the simplest answer to the question, how do you control a conversation, is ask questions. Huh. The one who is asking the questions is in control of the conversation. I totally agree with that. Okay. Where would you like to go next? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's often easier said than done, like many of the things that we talk about. Yeah. Right? If it were as easy as that, right, our podcast would be all of... Uh, what, seven minutes long? <laughs> yeah, with 30 seconds about the topic. Yeah. No, um, I think it's an art to acknowledge a point that a client or a prospect is making and then turn around and lead that point into, uh, you know, leading them down a path of where you want to go. Where you, you know, want to go? For example, uh, you know, somebody calls in and says, how much is this vehicle online? There's no price. Sir, that's a great question. I'll be happy to get you all the information on miles and price and, you know, any uh, anything you want to know about the vehicle. First, let me ask you, was it, what is it about this vehicle that made you call? You know, first, let me ask you, 
what do you like about this vehicle, or what are you going to be doing with it? You know, what what made you call about this vehicle? About this vehicle? About <laughs> sure, Ray. <laughs> I like that when you take the last thing somebody says, last three words. Yeah. I did that one time with my wife. I remember you telling me this. Yeah. And about five questions later, she's like, hey. No, she never figured it out. Oh, really? Yeah, until I stopped and said, you realize what I've been doing, right? Yeah. And she said, what are you talking about? And are you I talking said, about? For, for, the last, for the last 10 minutes, everything you've said, I've just repeated back to you the last three words in an upward inflection, and you've continued on. Right. And we had both recently listened to the book that that, that was one of the... Uh, Can we plug the, the book? Do you remember? Yeah. It was um, the one I've talked about before. Uh, <laughs> oh, never that split, one. Never Split the Difference. Okay. Yeah, by the negotiator. Yeah. The hostage negotiator. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. And he talks about just, yeah, if you just repeat back the last three words, it'll keep the other person talking, especially if you do it with an upward inflection. Ah. Because that... Is comes across as kind of a, a question or permission or well, that's even easier than the the way I was saying to do it. How Although I don't know that it gets you anywhere except other other than them talking, it keeps them talking. Right, and yeah, ultimately I think that's a huge advantage to us if we can keep the person we're engaging with. If we can keep them talking, yeah, they're going to reveal more as they talk than. They well, you're going to learn more from them talking than you are from you talking. Right. Yeah. Right. And I do like, I mean, it's kind of like the, the way I've heard that kind of put across or another way to do that is, and what else? Or a why else? And why else? And why else? Uh, and you kind of get all the objections out. Yeah. You know, you're not going to buy this today? How come? Yeah. Okay. And why else? And what else? Right. Yeah. That, or that's what are you huge. looking for in a vehicle? And what else? And what else? And what else? Yeah. But uh, the, your technique does the same thing. It keeps them kind of expanding and expounding on that topic. It does. And that's just another technique there and, and what else mm -hmm. that is also referred in this book and many others. I've heard that as well, where a lot of times the first thing somebody says is just kind of the the surface right but when you get into the and what else that's when they really start disclosing yeah. some of those underlying that's, things that's and they weren't as comfortable to talk about right yeah. from the beginning and they say and really the deal is yeah you know once you let them talk and you get a few of these things out they're like look the main thing is this yeah <laughs> you know and god that's exactly what we're looking right. for right? right i mean that's what we need that's what's going to help us be able to put together a yeah. deal that they feel comfortable well with. a great example is uh, well, I need to go talk to my spouse. Let's say wife in this example. So you've got a guy in the dealership. You're talking numbers. He says, well, I need to go talk to my wife. So okay, I understand. Well, what do you think she'll say? Right. Uh, you know, well, I don't know. You know, I just want to talk to her. I want to tell her about the features. Maybe. Well, hey, sir, would you, why don't you take it home and let her drive it? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know. Well, eventually it comes out. Look, I think she's going to say the payment's too high. Right. Beautiful. <laughs> hey, really? Well, what kind of payment do you think she would be more comfortable right, with? Right. So yeah, it's a matter of keeping people talking and keeping them talking on the on the relevant subjects mm -hmm. that are going to be transitional in our negotiation. Yeah, I think that's the art of it, where the science or these little ways to to do this to accomplish the goal. But I think the art of it is how do you kind of um, 
project this conversation towards where you want it to go. Right. You know, and that you may have different goals in different scenarios, you know, whether it's a BDC agent setting an appointment or a salesperson trying to uncover an objection. Right. Uh, you know, even sales managers trying to get their salespeople on board to do a an initiative. Yeah, that's a great example. Yeah. Right. Well, what is it that's preventing you from doing what it is that we're yeah, I mean, we encouraging this, you to do? We deal with this in everyday life. You know, there's a, a Grant Cardone. I like one of the things he says about you're always selling. You know, every interaction in your life is a sale. Right. Uh, now, that's a little bit harsh. You know, I, I kind of be a little bit more hippie and think, well, can't we just share and love and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, in the business world, yeah, whether you're a manager trying to sell an idea to your employees or whether you're a salesperson trying to sell an idea to a client, it's an art to identify the path and then to to go down this path. Right. And the science part of it are these tools and mechanisms and ways to do that. And we say controlling the conversation, and it's not mm-hmm. just that we're all, uh, you know, freakish with our control needs. Right. <laughs> it's that typically what we're talking about is we're in a scenario of you've got a customer who, on the high side, is buying a new car once every three years, mm-hmm. working with somebody who is doing this business every day. Right. So who's better enabled to? gain or get to the point that we really need to get to in order to see is this thing going to work out for you or not the the professional who does it every day or the amateur who again on the high side once every three years we want to control because we know where the sticking points are and how we can alleviate them i love that you bring this up um i think you're absolutely 100 percent correct in that Controlling the conversation shouldn't have a negative connotation, right? right? It's a helpful thing. It's like going to your CPA to do your taxes. You don't want to control that process. You want to walk in there and say, here's all my info. Tell me what you think. Yeah. Well, we want to be that helpful CPA for our car customers, only they're not going to walk in and say, here's all the information. What do you think? Right. Right, they're going to be a little defensive. They're they're a little bit scared. Yeah. So we're kind of holding their hand, saying, you know, I mean, I I don't want to put this the wrong way, but one way to think about it to kind of help fresh salespeople get through this process is, you know, you you kind of pat them on the head, you take them by the hand, and go, look, sir, you know, I understand that you're nervous and you're scared, but I'm here to help you. It's going to be okay. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm going to divulge all the information to you. You're going to be able to make an informed decision based on all the pertinent information. I'm not going to hold anything back from you. We're going to walk through this together. If it makes sense for you, great. We're going to move forward. If it doesn't make sense, no problem. We can shake hands and part as friends. Yeah. Now just sign right here. And I think once you build that rapport and can kind of, you know, the old adage, uh, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Right. I think if you can build that rapport and build that trust, then the customer will be more likely to be like, okay, fine. You know, you obviously know what you're doing. Tell me what I need to do to get in this car at the best deal possible. Right. Okay. Let's start at what your needs are. And unfortunately, we're in an industry where trust is not readily. We have to earn their trust because they're coming in already in a distrustful mindset. Right. It's not like a CPA. I assume a level of trust there just because... You're a certified accountant who is responsible for, you know, certain, uh, 
what do you call it? Yeah, you have a fiduciary responsibility to do what's in my best interest. There are certain legal ethics that you have to maintain in order to be certified, so I'm going to trust you. Yeah. Uh, It's like our doctors, right? I think we sometimes trust doctors too much. And I think good salespeople are like that. Yeah. You know, that because they want that return business. They want a good word of mouth oh, yeah. advertising network out there. You know, I mean, at the root of it, I think most salesmen want their customers to love the process and love the product for years to come. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like you've said, you know, if we're just meeting their expectation, we're failing miserably. Is <laughs> our expectation so low? But yeah. uh, the, the positive side of that is we can exceed the expectation because the bar's so low. It's very easy. It, yeah, it doesn't take much, right? <laughs> I mean, if we just come through as somebody who's you know genuine and... Don't be and, a total selfish jerk. Right. And they're probably going to love you. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you will be a champion and be yeah. able to not only gain their, their trust and business, but also the trust and business of some of their friends and family members. Yeah, absolutely. So what else? I know uh, we talk about giving options in questions and I always share the, you know, why do you want to give options? Especially let's say we're talking about making an appointment. And if I'm asking somebody for an appointment, I want to say, Hey, what works better for you? Do you have time today or is tomorrow better? Right. Rather than just go, Hey, when would you like to come into the dealership? A closed ended question versus an open ended question. Obviously. uh, Yeah. Yes. No questions. A or B type questions. Um, Another great tool along those lines is following a script. I know we get a lot of pushback on scripted conversations, but here's the advantage in my mind. We know that certain questions are going to kind of funnel down to one or two or three responses. Right. And we already know how we're going to respond to those answers. Yeah. So we can control the question in that way. An example would be maybe calling a customer that had just left the showroom that's not buying the vehicle. Right. Right. So we can call and thank them for stopping in and that kind of thing, but say, look, uh, I'm just curious. Did you find a vehicle that you would like to own while you were here? Now, there's only two two answers to that. Yes or no. I, I did or I didn't. Right. Okay, let's assume that they did and go down this path. So, yeah, I found one, but, you know, I want to think about it or whatever. Okay, great. Sir, if you had to nail down one thing, just one thing that kept you from buying that vehicle while you were here, what would that one thing be? Well, it was, we know it's either one of five things. It's price, payment, down payment, trade value, or the actual vehicle right, that we're selection. looking at. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, again, we've gone from thanking the customer and, you know, how was your experience down to nailing it into one of these five categories, which really comes down to two. It's either the money or the metal. Right. Well, and that's been a, for a long time as a salesperson, right? Hey, Mr. Customer, I understand you want to think about it, right? I would want to think about it too. It's a very big buying decision. Probably the second biggest buying decision you'll make in your life. The first is a home. We're talking about hundreds of mm-hmm. thousands of dollars. The second is a vehicle. You're talking about tens of thousands of dollars. I get it. I would want to wait too. And typically when my customers tell me they want to think about it, they either want to think about the vehicle or the money. Which one is it for you? Yeah. Right? I mean, it's just as simple as, you know, hey, I, yeah. I get it. I understand. I'm with you. Obviously, it's a, a yeah. approaching it to say, I want to think about it. I give you permission. You should think about it. This is a big decision. What is it that you're thinking about? Yeah. Is it the vehicle or is it the something about the money? Right. And yeah. it's rare that they won't choose one. Well, that, you know, that's just a little higher than I was expecting. Yeah. To okay, great. 
right? Yeah, or I really wanted or, one with leather. You yeah, know, whatever. right. Or the vehicle. So I, I think by by framing it in all of these scenarios, the first thing we're doing is trying to uh, de-escalate the the anxiety of the situation, right? Whether it's giving them permission to say, hey, it, it makes sense what you're telling me. It's not, you know, I don't think you're completely out of bounds to say I want to think about it. Right. Or if it's saying, you know, um, hey, if there was just, I, I took the time in that other scenario that you were talking about to say, hey, I just want to thank you for coming to the dealership. Right, and I want to ask you: Did you find a vehicle you'd like to own? I've disarmed that natural, you know, getting their fur off yeah. to say, "Oh, you're, you're trying to sell me again." I just finished right. being sold. Right. No, I think it's that's a very important other concept that you know. Again, to reference Cardone, the way he puts it is always agree first. Mm-hmm. Right, you always agree. Well, the payment's too high. Sir, I knew that before you did. Yeah. When I was walking over here from the tower, I knew these payments were going to be high. Now, how are we going to fix it? Are we going to move up or down in model? Are we going to lengthen the term? Are we going to put more down? You know, how are we going to fix this payment issue? We've got lots of options here to make this more reasonable for you to be able to get into this vehicle. Yeah. So, always agreeing, uh, I think, is very important. And then, you know, I I used to... um, Think about the politicians back, you know, 16, we had this election going on and I would watch these uh, debates or, yeah, I mean, all of the preliminary debates to figure out who the candidate's going to be and then the actual candidate debates. But I I was, I don't know, it, it blew me away how much the politicians would take a question like they would say, how do you feel about gun control? They'd say gun control is very important. And, you know, part of gun control is what we're going to do about health care. Right, you know, right. we, have to, we have to fix health care. And here's my plan to fix health care. Yeah. And, I, you know, you could do it in such a way that you're like, oh, my God, here we go again. Right. Know? But if they're good at it, and sometimes they're really good at it, you don't even notice. Yeah. And I think they've just gotten unabashedly not good at it. <laughs> yeah, because they just right? don't care anymore. Yeah, yeah. they can ask him any question that they want, and the answer is going to be my next talking point. But I, I, once I noticed that in the political realm, I started noticing it in the business world and just my personal interactions. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, that people are going to steer the conversation where they want it to go. Yeah, yeah. But, again, we're taught at a young age that it's polite when you're asked a question to answer the question. Mm-hmm. So it's rare that somebody will just refuse to answer the question because it's part of, I think, the human makeup is we feel like if somebody's asked us a question, the correct and, and proper thing to do is answer the question. Right. So it's just asking those questions in a way where we're lowering their defensiveness and we're getting the information out that's going to help us be able to remedy whatever the situation well i think that's a a very important skill to develop if you're going to be in sales because you're going to get questions and it's important you know the technique i learned um back in the old days we called it aim you acknowledge ignore and move on you know somebody asks you about price you acknowledge that that's important then you ignore answering it and move on to something else right uh now you learned a different technique Redirect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Address, redirect, and move on. Right. Right. But either way, it's, uh, you know, whether you talk about the Cardone, always agree first, 
or the aim or the arm. It's taking... It's a way to take the question that a customer is asking you or a prospect is asking you. You acknowledge the value of that question or that response, and then you move on down the path to where you want to go. Yeah. Well, Which, and it's it's simply moving forward on, so what are we going to do about this? Yeah. Right? Ultimately. Yeah. And I think, like you were referencing scripts, the reason scripts are so valuable and those word tracks, whether, you know, objection rebuttals or ways, you know, to phrase things, the reason they're so effective and we teach them and train on them is because it's not an inexhaustible number of things people are going to come up with, right? Yeah, it's usually the same two or three. It, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's you're dealing with the same situations over and over again, and people have the same type of concerns. There's nothing new under the sun. So if we're prepared and armed to address those concerns that we know are going to come, it's like the, you know, we've talked about many times when somebody on the lot says, I'm just looking. I was going to bring that up specifically. Yeah. I mean, 87% of the time when you go up a customer on the lot, they're going to say, I'm just looking. Right. And how can you how can you be in this field and not have a ready answer right. to I'm just looking? Yeah. Well, it's the same thing all the way through the process. We know we're going to hit on one The payment's or two. too high. Yeah. We're going to hear the payment's too high. You don't have the one I'm looking for. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, you great availability like we talked about in just previous podcasts last week. Um, it's it's how are we going to address these things in a professional way that puts the customer at ease and makes them feel comfortable that we're truly providing them the information that is addressing their concern. I totally agree. I think to sum up, uh, I think it's important to have a, a process or a script that you're wanting to follow right. that is proven and you know you know it's going to work if you follow this path whether that's a script or a process or whatever it's important to have that defined so we know where we're going it's important to have the skills to stay on track on that path mm -hmm. which is the aim or the arm you know the redirect and acknowledge it's important to agree I never want to be in a point of disagreement with the customer, you know, unless it's planned and on purpose. Right. Uh, you know, there are so some of those hard-ass negotiators that come in, and now I know, you know, I, I see the invoice online, but I know that's not what y'all really pay for it. Sir, look, we all pay the same thing, yeah. no matter where you go. Right. You know, it, it you're going to spend within 100 to $200, no matter where in the country you buy this vehicle. Right. It now, doesn't matter. You the size of the dealership doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter how many I'm ordering. Yeah. I pay the same amount for this vehicle as every other dealer in the country right. who's ordering this vehicle. Now, do you want to go shop for another two days and spend another six hours in another dealership? Or can we wrap this up today and get your new car ready for you? Right. Now, that's not agreeing with the customer. That's kind of disagreeing. Yeah. But it's in a way that he's like, okay, okay, you're well, being real with me. Well, and, and I'm educating you. Yeah. Right? Hey, let me let me pull the curtain back. Let me show you really what's going on behind the scenes here so you can understand where I'm coming from and what you're going to run into in any dealership you go to. Yeah. So if this is really what you want, then this there's a few uh, fundamental truths that you need to understand within this industry. It's going to be you're going to hit this the same at every one. And if you're the guy who explains to them the process and makes it feel more comfortable, well, then you know you're the one that they're hopefully going to want. Well, to there's an element that's where the art of it comes in. You know, you're dealing with a. Uh, 
it just in my mind, in my past experiences as a salesman, I'm thinking, you know, the guy that comes in with overalls on with 20 grand in his front pocket, right? And he owns 120 acres out of town. You know, he's a farmer. Or the guy, the, the lady that comes in who... You know, is goes to church in the in a 1987 Oldsmobile right. every week. You're going to handle those two situations differently. Absolutely. And the farmer guy, you can be like, "Look, buddy, let's get down to brass tacks. You know, yeah. let's not waste each other's time." Whereas the you know the sweet grandma, you might say, "Sure, hey, I'm here to help right. you. You know, whatever you need. What yeah. would you like to know? What information can I provide?" Right. So there's where the art of it comes in. But a few of the fundamental principles are. Know where you want to end up, know right. where you were going, and know how to get there. And be prepared for the things that you know are going to occur. Yeah, yeah. Well, And so in preparing, I think it goes back to good coaching. If you get to one of those situations and you aren't able to overcome it, well, you know, get with somebody else, whether it's a more seasoned salesperson or one of your managers, and say, hey, here's what we ran into. And But also the... Uh, ever feared and hated um role play yeah yeah i was never a huge fan of role playing myself as as a salesman i did it as a coach uh, because it was important to me to know kind of where we were right uh but another topic you brought up there was the to right the, the turnover or the transfer of opportunity whatever i think the earlier the better on those I mean, it's hard to recover once you've blown this deal completely up right. and they're walking out the door to their car to go to the next dealership versus when things kind of get a little bit sideways and you're starting to lose control. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think as a sales manager, I would love the opportunity as early as possible to be involved. Absolutely. Yeah. And and encourage that. Well, you have a squeaky that. chair over there, don't you? I wonder if that's showing up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Is it bothering you? No, but I hear it every now and then. Yeah, I think it's bothering you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't give a rat's patooey, Ray. All right. You can write that one down, a rat's patooey. I'm I'm going to write that down. You can use that. Everybody write that down. All right. So that brings us to the end of another episode. (laughs) Well, that was quick. Wow. Okay. No wrap up. No. no, Any final thoughts? Let's, let's, uh, Let's review. Well, I think I just did. We we went through the review phase. So yeah, okay. Think, so be prepared. Yeah. Uh, remember, asking questions is what's going to keep you in control of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Knowledge, um, ignore, move on. Right. Or, or redirect. <laughs> <laughs> Arm. I'm old school. But we, uh, we ignore. No, the, man. The, you newfangled guys, you redirect. No, we just got to redirect the information in right. a way that's going to provide the, you know, frame the conversation. All right, Ray, let's go fishing. Hey, that sounds great. Well, first. <laughs> yeah. We want to thank everybody for listening. We, we appreciate do. it. We hope you'll join us again. Uh, next, we are going to be talking about. Uh, we have a couple of topics there, don't we? Yeah, we do. Over the next couple, process. we're going to be talking about process and process mapping. Nope. Uh, I think we've got a little different perspectives on we the do. value of, be a of good process. One. That will. Uh, dealing with difficult customers. And mentoring versus managing. And mentoring versus managing. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening.
If you enjoy the podcast, you can go to SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com where you can listen to additional episodes, read articles, and learn more about John and Ray. We also cover topics such as automotive sales and service, best practices, training, and techniques that you can put in place today to sell more vehicles and write more ROs. Or gain more dollars per RO. To register for a total dealership assessment, you can visit the website for more information or simply send an email to info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. What's that email address again? It's info, Ray, at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. It's info, Ray, at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com? No, Ray, it's just info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. So just info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. You've got it. Great.